0: This is Elephant in the Room, the podcast on PHP and software design.
1: You can find us on the web at elephantintheroom.io. Now here are your hosts, Everzet and Matthias.
0: Uh, Hi guys, welcome back. Hi guys. So uh, we're recording this episode before we had a chance to publish the previous episode. Um, We're trying to keep up, but it's it's hard to find the the time to get everything uh, out to you guys in time.
1: Yeah, end of the year. This end of the year is quite crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, but let's talk some more about uh, testing. Um, right before we started uh, recording here, uh, we were talking about how, uh, in my experience, uh, pretty much every team I've been on and every project I've consulted, uh, they were not doing proper testing. And uh, I, vo- I, I was almost always the person who introduced the team to testing. And uh, you, Constantin, you told me about uh, your experience.
1: Yeah, for, for me, it was quite opposite. When I was in KNP Labs, uh, we kind of we always knew what we were doing because well, we were kind of experts in symphony. So we knew that the the only way we could proceed is with test- testing. So there was never an option to not go with it. And at the same time, in, in Vika we are kind of... We're TDD BDD experts, so whenever someone comes to us for advice or you know, like for for the project, they know what they're signing in for. So from this from this perspective, I never ever actually had the need to uh, convince somebody to go with testing in my last couple of years. But at the same time, there is there is an interesting uh, experience where sometimes we need to convince. Not to convince, but sometimes we need to advise people you know like to go otherwise. It's like, you don't always need testing. You just need to be aware of what parts of your system are important or not. And you need to make this decision uh, based on, do you want this, this bit of application to be stable and to be unbreakable or not? And sometimes mm-hmm. it is, you know, like it is cheaper to just release some small bit, uh, see if it's broken on production, you know, like see if people are using it or not, and then st- stabilize it if it works, or just suck it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, most teams uh, that have problems are—it's not because they have problems deciding. Uh, what to test and what not to test—it's just that they test nothing at all, yeah. and that is uh, probably never the right uh, decision. And I think it's never a, a conscience decision. It's—it's uh, it's just they—they they don't do it. They don't really know how to do it. They've never done it before. Um,
1: yeah, and and I think uh, there is there is one interesting bit around there. I'm talking about this decision, but I don't believe that technical. Team should make this decision. This is a business decision. This is not uh, something that you know like developers can sit and decide together. Okay, let's not test this thing because this is not important for the business. You can't make those calls. Only business can. So from this perspective, if you and this is, I had a conversation with with one of our teams like recently, and uh, the idea is, if you don't have access to the business people on the project for for quite some time. Assumption always should be test everything because you don't know what's important for the business and what's not so
0: but I think I think that's uh, That feels kind of weird to me because uh, in situations where I haven't written tests uh, the it was never uh, a business decision. It's always been a technical decision like uh, this area for example I uh, we believe that it's uh, going to be stable as it is without uh, a lot of tests. And we think that adding more tests will only increase the cost uh, relative mm-hmm. relative to the value of the stability there. For example, I would rather spend a lot of time testing my domain model and little time testing my UI because when something breaks in the UI, you will have seen it right away and when something happens... Uh, that is out of order in the domain model. You may not uh, see it for a long time. So that's a that's a technical decision for me, I suppose.
1: I fully agree and at the same time kind of disagree. The reason is we're just talking. At, we're talking about the same thing and at the same time the, about the different things, just living on the different levels. I'm talking about uh, behavioral testing, right? That yeah. because I'm BDD expert. So for me. Whenever I'm saying testing, I mean something that has an Im- testing something that has an impact on business value, right? Something that has an impact on the behavior of the user base, and you're talking on the technical level. And obviously, when you're living on the technical level and you're talking about the technical tests, in this particular case, it is your domain. It is te- technical experts' domain and technical experts' responsibility to make those calls, like what needs to be tested and what's not. Uh, and it is your decision, your call to define quality of the internal layer, but at the same time, when you're talking about like some end user feature on the website and either, either it should be tested like from the from the top to the bottom or not, this is a business call
0: hmm okay well, I can see what you mean there uh, and i I agree it's it, it uh, very much depends on what level you're testing it and Always. Uh, how technical it is and how uh, how much it affects. If something affects the business, then of course it's a business uh, decision. And I think that a, a lot of things like, uh, should we optimize performance in this area? Well, is the business going to gain from a uh, faster website or faster web application in this particular area? Maybe not. Uh, so yeah, I agree. A lot of those things are business decisions. Yeah. But um I think we should talk some more about how uh how teams that are not testing how to overcome that inertia because that's what it is in my opinion it's there's all these things holding teams back to actually start doing proper testing uh and we're not even uh discussing now what level they should start testing at but just uh how should they start and and how could they overcome this uh, resistance against against getting started
1: with tests. It's hard to to test anything when you never did any testing. Because yeah, exactly. Because you don't know where where you should start.
0: Yeah, and and um, what I advise people then is to just start with whatever they're doing right now, um, whatever story they are uh, supposed to deliver now. Let's try and write a test for that. And then at least you will know where, uh, where it hurts, where, where things are, um, preventing you from writing that test.
1: And this is a difference about TDD from the classical testing is like classical testing is just bulletproofing your application. So it's like making sure that you, you will gain benefits in the long term as of you will not break application with any new additions to it, whereas TDD is more, is more design activity, and you always need to keep this in mind. So TDD is not about, is less about regression in the future. TDD is more about how you design system. Now you will see problems that prevent you from testing. And every time this, there is a problem in your application that prevents you from doing clean testing of functionality, it means you have a design flaw somewhere. Mm -hmm. And usually
0: that's, that's coupling, that's, that's trying to do too much things in one place. And often the reason you're doing that is, is because you're into uh, this sort of framework thinking, where you're uh, following the lead of your framework of how to build something without uh, solving your own problem first. If your framework is teaching you in a way or, or imposing to you that you start uh, by adding a controller and then add stuff in that controller to make stuff work, then you're approaching your problem from the point of view of your framework. If you start approaching your problem from the point of view of your problem itself, then you could start just writing plain old PHP code without worrying about the framework and then fit that code
1: into your framework afterwards. Actually, it's so close to anything else in, in our lives, not, not even in development, in IT lives. It is like like any other activity, like usually if you if you have activity or I don't know like drawing a picture, right? You're planning to draw a picture, and what you need to do, you need to buy uh, paints, buy buy the the drawing board, buy all those stuff, then prepare the table, uh, then start drawing a picture in one color, you know, like start drafting it, then start uh, adding color on top of that, so. It all makes sense, but the problem is, you will, as a human beings, we always try to do, you know, like everything at the same time because we're trying to to get things done really, really quick, and at the same time, it hurts because we have constant context switch in the process, and the the way you're kind of solving this problem in in the re- in the normal uh, situations is you're bringing the structure into the process. So it's like, instead of buying paint and drawing at the same time, you're splitting into like, into set of tasks. And this is exactly the same, how you approach the good design. You split huge chunks of behavior, huge chunks of logic into small things, independent from each other. So instead of you're like, like drawing, getting paints, going to the shop all in one place, you delegate those things split them into small tasks and use them sequentially in your, in your code. Thus, keeping your logic as clean and as, in, as independent as possible.
0: I like your analogy of uh, the drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like uh, frameworks push you into this sort of paint by numbers, if you recall that from your childhood where you just had a drawing with numbers and you had to paint the right number of color in the right uh, area. Uh, which is fine if all you want to do is uh, draw that pers- or color that specific picture. But if you want to uh, draw something different, then your pain by numbers picture is not going to be suitable for that. And that's how frameworks sort of push you into a certain idea of how a problem should be solved. So to make it more concrete, maybe we should give an example. Uh, mm. Say you're building a, a web shop. Instead of starting to build forms and, and all these kind of, Uh, user interface elements, how could you split that problem into smaller chunks and solve those chunks individually using TDD? So one way to start there is think about uh, what's the core problem. Core problem is uh, I want to sell something. I want people to pay orders. uh, I want to ship stuff to people. You can build all that stuff in your domain model Mm -hmm. as uh, totally independent from databases, independent from uh, forms and from frameworks and just do that in plain old PHP code. Yeah. And that will be a lot easier to write tests for In fact, it will be very easy to write the test before you actually write code. Absolutely. But these frameworks, they, they give you all these tools to generate forms and, and database tables, yep. they cannot give you tools to generate the actual business logic. So they pretend it's not part of the problem. They, they sort of ignore that the important thing that you're doing is solving a, a domain problem. So you've generated everything that the framework can generate for you. And then you're supposed to just figure out where to put the important logic in and,
1: and how to test that. I'm not sure I quite agree with you on like, t- taking frameworks as an evil beings.
0: <laughs> well, they're they not, but they they, sort of forget to to talk about how to actually solve problems. It's not their job, but they...
1: That's the thing. I don't think that uh, domain design is the framework job. Well, if we look at the definition of the framework, framework is just a set of libraries that help you with routine tasks. And that's it. So, I think the problem here is it is not a framework or tool problem. It is a a human problem it's just framework it doesn't it doesn't push you in the wrong direction it just spoils you it just provides you with all those routine tools at such extent that at some point you you just start believing that your your problem actually is a routine problem and in the real life no no problem in IT industry is a routine problem every time we're trying to do anything on the web on the web on the desktop it doesn't matter every time we're trying to implement something it is something new because things change so fast and so quick around us there is no such thing as a routine there is a routine tasks around those complex new things new behaviors but it's all the core is always different it is and it is highly connected and highly dependent on your domain area you're working with. So I don't think frameworks are, are evil and I don't think frameworks are, are are somewhat responsible for for the mistakes that we do as developers. It's just I think they provide you us with a set of tools and sometimes those tools are so comprehensive and so fit within each other that we start thinking that those tools are everything that we need to do and it's almost like we don't need to think and oh god we, we love to avoid thinking <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I, I don't think the frameworks are evil but um, I've never seen framework documentation Fra- framework authors should realize that they have sort of this exemplary function They what they are doing the users of the framework are going to copy and assume that they know what they're doing and they're going to assume that's the right way that's how we should do things and if you read the documentation of any framework they will never say uh, start by building uh, your domain model using plain old php and then this is how you can use this framework to uh, tackle all the uh, uh, typical recurring uh, tasks around that problem they just say hey this is how you Make a controller, and this is how you generate the form and a database uh, a schema, etc. So they they should realize that people, if they document it like that, people are going to copy that, Absolutely. and people are going to think in the same uh, way about problems. And at the same time, I think that framework authors, because they're so focused on building a framework, they uh, they tend to reduce every problem into Stuff that can be solved with frameworks, so mm-hmm. they they sort of forget that there's a world out there of problems that cannot be solved by the framework. I mean, they're not evil, of course not. I use frameworks, I use Symfony and I use Angular JS um, and lots of other things. But uh, it's it's uh, they're partly responsible for for not helping people to uh, think for themselves because they should know by now that people are going to follow their their lead absolutely at the same time there's very few frameworks that that's uh start the documentation with this is how you write a test uh now that the stuff is tested let's add some uh controllers etc to that yeah they start they start they never start at the test and that's a
1: that that's a missed opportunity absolutely i think i think this is an interesting topic on its own because I think what happens there it is it is not it is community responsibility and as a community we have this kind of problem where we have this really weird way of preaching t e d knowing that this is a way forward, knowing that this is the only way to go with quality software, with complex quality software. And at the same time, when we're trying to implement some tools like framework, we start to lean towards choices. So instead of you know like continuing and being consistent with our message saying you know like no TDD is the way forward when we're starting to implement framework we're starting to think about all the people that don't want to do TDD and thus we we're, we're kind of assuming and putting our assumption into the code and into the documentation that there is some people that don't like TDD or don't want to go TDD. And we need to support those guys. And we're almost like dumping down things just for people that don't want to progress and learn something new. And I think I think this is this is a serious community problem that we have. Like, I have this problem. Like sometimes I'm doing things like that. I'm I'm making decision in the tools I'm building based on, you know, like, oh, somebody will not understand that, instead of, oh, I can teach this guy something here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. I talked to somebody it was it wasn't uh in the Symphony community, but someone who's an, an author of a, a a well-known framework and everything in his communication sort of felt like uh, yeah, they don't know anything and I I know everything and I'm going to show them how to build software, but I'm going to make it easy for them and that that felt like the totally wrong approach to to explain your framework to people or to build it uh for people.
1: And that's... That's the reason why, if you, as a person, are kind of going to the conference and you, you're listening to those talks, there's so many quality assurance talks nowadays on any PHP conference, I'm amazed and flattered by, by all those uh, great messages that the community has. And at the same time, when you're going to this like framework documentation pages, There is a complete dissonance with the message. It is like written by... Sometimes it's written by the same people, but it's just like we're thinking about the wrong audience when we're writing this documentation. And uh, if you're a newcomer to the community, it's almost like always take everything that is written in documentation with a grain of salt. It is... It's sometimes... It is totally valid and it's totally perfect what is written there from the technical perspective. But from the approach perspective, sometimes you need to think on your own, because sometimes decisions that framework is pushing on you, pushes on you, they are not for you. They are for this abstract guy that get lost really, really easy. They are yeah. not for software engineer. Well, and you need
0: to take into account that it's usually not the authors of the framework that write the documentation. It's often uh, community members who uh, possibly don't feel uh, qualified to write actual code for the framework. So, but they want to contribute, and they contribute by writing documentation. So, they may not be the best suited uh, person to write that documentation. So, you have to take into account that. Uh, Whatever you read about how to use a framework is not necessarily how the framework was intended to be used. Uh, You you mentioned uh, people who don't want to write uh, tests or who don't want to do TDD. One thing I have experienced is that um, there's sort of this, uh, because we're all talking about quality assurance at conferences, uh, everybody knows they're supposed to do it now. Mm -hmm. But because we probably haven't explained properly how to do it uh, people still don't know Actually how to do it, but now the difference is that now they are maybe Ashamed to admit that they don't really know how to write proper tests
1: or enforced by their company to do that and uh, feel angered because now suddenly because of the everybody around them they're forced to do something that they don't understand or don't like
0: Yeah, possibly indeed. Um, So there's all this uh, growing uh, resistance to admit that you don't know how to do it properly. Um, And we're, I'm just, you know, uh, thinking out loud here, but I I think we are, by talking about quality assurance, uh, we are making it harder for some people to learn it because they think, oh, I should already know this and I don't know this stuff. So now I'm uh, if I admit this to people, I'm going to look like uh, like I'm not qualified to to do my job.
1: Mm, that's an interesting perspective.
0: Yeah, and it's it's uh, hard because then if you try to get them to actually start on on writing tests, uh, they resist that because then it will be very visible that they don't really know how to do it. And then you get all these all these excuses like yeah, but. Uh, the way our, our code works, it's not suitable for testing, or we, we never have the time, or management isn't giving us the time to write tests, uh, or testing makes you slow, or all these typical uh, sort of excuses that you hear from, from teams, why they're not testing.
1: Absolutely, so what you're saying is almost like in the community, we have, it's almost like we have too, too many experts and not enough public learners, like like a model, role model. It's, it's almost like everybody who's preaching TDDN, including me, uh, including Marcelo, we're kind of talking about this from the perspective of people that already have a ex- huge amount of experience with it, and it kind of creates this, the hole between us and the listeners or uh, learners Whereas the the gap increases. Yeah. They don't believe that they can make this leap of faith towards direction what we're showing. And we're almost like talking arrogant in terms of, oh, you know, like if you're not doing testing, you're doing it wrong. But yeah, we're, we're kind of, it's hard to assume that somebody doesn't know something when you know everything as an expert in this specific area. So I think that's, that's part of the reason we need to, to learn how to teach people rather than you know, like just presenting uh, cha- challenges to them.
0: Yes, I, I've had this, uh, there's this little exercise that I have that I give to people to uh, qualify their level of experience with programming uh, PHP. Uh, it's a little assignment I give them, and then I look at the number of qualities in their solution to decide what their uh, level is. And uh, recently, I gave this to somebody, and he had never written tests before, but he knew that uh, I thought tests were very important. He heard me talk about that, so okay. to make this exercise, he 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 actually wrote some unit tests, and he sort of knew they were useless. Uh, he couldn't really put his finger on them. He knew it wasn't. He knew that couldn't be what the tests were for, and. Uh, Um, the tests were actually testing stuff. Like if I make an object here, is that object actually an object or is this thing actually an array? So it wasn't actually testing anything of importance, but I admired the fact that he tried it, that he thought about it, that he realized something was wrong. That was a lot more important than the fact that he didn't really know how to do it. He could have just said, okay, I'm going to do this exercise without tests and, uh, I mean, it's not a very hard exercise. You can easily verify manually if it works correctly. Yeah. Um, but I admire people who who take this this leap into the unknown and try to, to to write tests or try to do something and think about it and realize something is off. And maybe now this is going to be a a, a step for him to start exploring tests more and try it in his production code and maybe figure out hey. Uh, this is useless, but this little test here. This is telling me something interesting, or or I've learned something about my code while I was writing the test.
1: Yeah, that that's interesting. We're going back to this like postulate of 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 the IT industry, where it's the only way to learn something is through doing it, and this is where we are firm believers into this idea. At Anvika, the way we're teaching ourselves and our newcomers and the way we're kind of growing our experience with TDD, the company, is we have these sessions like uh, every Friday afternoon, we have those code katas uh, and the, the things that we're doing there, we're just constantly solving the same problem over the period of 20 minutes using TDD and using the tools that we want to learn, like PHP spec, and it helps a lot. It doesn't help you to 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 grasp design, but it does help you to get into this comfort zone with the tool set so next Monday you will be able to start using this tool for design and with the small steps you will you will learn how to build really testable and clean applications that other parts of the team can easily read and move forward. Either you are part of the team or you're part of another team.
0: Yeah. So is there anything we can uh, talk about now that could help our listeners who haven't written tests before to get started with something, even if it's simple and even if it's not a very useful test? Yep. Yeah. Uh, how can they just get started?
1: Well, yeah, uh, as my last point, the easiest way to get started and the rightest way to get started is through doing. So find out... Google right now, on the internet, there is uh, things called code kata's, and there is a multiple, like, small challenges or pieces of challenge where you just need to implement small algorithm. Really, really small one. Or to do small tasks, and you need to do it through TDD. and the, the thing is really, really simple. You take it your tool of choice, either it's phpunit, unit, PHP spec or what or other language tool if you want to, to grow in JavaScript experience some JavaScript testing framework. and uh, you take this task and you do it for 20 minutes, then after 20 minutes, you scratch it entirely, and you start from scratch. So you start from the zero point and implement the same thing, again, using your experience and things that you learned, using the approach with test first and implement afterwards. By doing this for quite some time, not not a long time actually, you will start feeling more comfortable with doing this and also you will you will kind of innate into yourself this notion of learning design you will start you you will notice that you will start searching for design documents around the web so this is the simplest way to get started to get on but also there is additional like uh things you can do in order to to get started properly and i think Matthias have something around that
0: well uh i like the idea of the katas uh i've done a few myself not not enough uh, unfortunately but um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, um, I fear always that this is a little bit artificial for people. That is, uh, if you look, for example, at the documentation of, of uh, testing frameworks, uh, they are showing you how to test something, and they are good at that, but they show you something uh, out of context. And the hardest part for people is finding, uh, especially with unit testing, uh, extracting the smallest unit uh, and testing that. So the difficulty is not uh, uh, how to write a test for a simple calculator class, but how to write a test for something in my system, how, how to find the smallest unit in my system and write a test for that. Mm-hmm. I think we, we need to somehow, uh, when we go to conferences and talk about quality assurance, um, maybe teach people about discovering the smallest units in their code instead of how to test if you already know what the smallest unit is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is where your talk uh, on Symphony Life London came from, right? I I really, really like your talk.
0: Uh, uh, The extract till you
1: drop one, yeah. Just because of the approach, just because you, you kind of... You, you did something that nobody did before, even though like I know this code this piece of code was artificial, it was based on the real thing, and it looked real, and that's the most important bit. It looked like a small part of something much bigger, and it looked like it is. it was part of a realistic system, and that yeah. made this example really relatable, and that made this example really extremely useful, for even for me. I mean, at the end, when you made this... L- couple of last steps in refactoring like like changing this method for 50 line to 2 this is where you know like this is where i think the power of message that we have could lie right just showing people that you actually get benefits by doing tests first it's not abstract long-term goals solving your business problems and helping your business to, to be more sustainable in the long run. No, it, it actually have really simple observable benefits for you personally in the short term, like immediately after you do that. And finding out those small pieces or identifying those small pieces inside your existing system and trying to test them and extract them and refactor them, this could be, I fully agree with Matthias here, this could be the the easiest way for you to get started and the easiest way for you to get convinced that this is the way forward.
0: Cool. Thanks for uh, uh, your kind words on my talk. Uh, For people who haven't seen it, I'll put up a link. Uh, There's a video on YouTube. So check the elephant in the room blog.
1: Yeah, you must watch it. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant.
0: So, uh, let's come up with something concrete that we can give our listeners uh, to start testing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, we already described two uh, separate practices to, for you to, to easily grow in your testing skills, quality assurance skills. It is a code cutters when you don't have anything. To, to test or you don't want to touch your existing code base, You can just start really small, really easily, just get familiar with the tools, get comfortable with the tool sets, with the framework. Uh, CodeCut is the easiest way forward, just Google it. You will find pretty challenges there. Uh, if you have existing code base and if you can touch it and if you want to make it better, the, the best way probably for you would be, as much as described just try to find isolated small pieces or isolatable small pieces of logic inside test them and extract them or refactor them afterwards right just add those small bits of tests for small pieces of logic inside your app and try to find a way forward with your men- design testing mentality And this will be a challenge for you guys for the next week. So try to find out the code katas that you're interested in and do at least one, two sessions of it. Or try to find out some small independent pieces of your application and test and refactor it. And obviously you will have a lot of questions or, you know, like how to test this, how to test that. I don't feel okay about this test how to proceed forward, what are, what are the best practices, post all your questions on our blog, elephantintheroom.io and we will dedicate big part of the next episode answering your questions around anything testing related and starting testing because that's important because we need to do this. Yeah, guys, so... Uh...
0: Now, Everzet has given you some homework to do. Yay! You thought you were just listening to a podcast, but now you have homework. It was all just a preparation for a homework, <laughs> guys. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's wrap it up then. Um, thanks for listening once again, guys.
1: Thank you, guys. You're awesome. See ya. See ya.